Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. My name is Ryan Miner, and you are listening to A Minor Detail on Change Montgomery County Radio Network. Tonight we have a special episode. We have a pre-recorded interview with author, local author uh, Danny DePiro. She is an author, blogger, and designer. She lives in Bethesda. And in 2009, Danny launched a website. It's called PositivelyPresent.com, and its intentions were of sharing her insights about living a positive life. And it, she said that it was something that didn't always come easy to her. And she focused on her personal development, and she uses her website and blog to reach people and talk about how to remain positive throughout the daily your daily life, your daily activities. And it's a really fascinating uh, interview, and I'm going to play it. And at the end of the show, um, probably around 9.58 or so, I'll cut off and uh, uh, do my uh, cutout. But nonetheless, this is a great opportunity to hear from Danny. Uh, I met Danny a few weeks ago at a Rotary Club meeting, and we talked about doing this show. And she agreed, and we did a pre-recorded interview uh, about two weeks ago, and it, it's really great. It's really fun, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this. So I'm going to go ahead and play uh, Danny DePiro's, uh interview with me um, that we did a few weeks ago. I have with me the distinct pleasure of having Danny DePiro, who is a author, blogger, a overwhelmingly positive person. And Danny, I want to welcome you to uh, our podcast. And of course, you are on my show, A Minor Detail, and I'm Ryan Minor. And um, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to have you today and to talk a little bit about you, your website, uh, some of your life's work, and uh, how to stay and live a positive life. So welcome, Danny. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Okay. Well, we are happy to have you and I'm reading directly from your website, and it says, Someone once said, if you, ref- if you realize how powerful your thoughts are, you would never think a negative thought. Positively present is the quote, come to life online. The, and you said that, and I'm reading this, and it said the site was created because after 25 years of living with a negative attitude, you decided to turn your life around and start focusing on the positive choosing to share your experience with others alone. So, Danny, in the the first 25 years of your life, were you just not a positive person? I wasn't. Um, I wasn't always negative, but I definitely looked more at the negative aspects of things and sort of anticipated what could go wrong um, or what had gone wrong instead of focusing on what might go right or what had gone well in my life. Um, And I found myself spending a lot of time either dwelling on the past, what had already happened, or worrying about what was going to happen in the future. Um, and I, I got to a point where I was like, I, I have to change this. Nothing external seems to be changing this. It's a very internal issue. It has to do with my attitude. And that's when I decided I needed to make a big shift. Yeah, I, we all have those negative days and we have those experiences that you know something is not going right throughout the day everything else just turns black and bleak and I, I have to tell you I've I've focused on many of the negatives and people would describe me as uh, I, I th- they're always worried about uh, the future I, I always play everything out every situation and it sometimes bears a negative attitude and I'm I'm trying to change that and, and like yourself I'm trying to have that light bulb moment but oftentimes uh I do focus on the negative, but you, someone who decided that, nope, no more, I'm not, only on the positive aspect. So in 2009, you launched uh, the site, and it's focused on providing readers with practical advice and personal insights about living positively in the present moment. So tell us about the launch of your website and uh, what it's like uh, moving forward and all that you have done with this website. Well, I started in 2009. I've always been a writer, so once I decided that I was going to try to focus on being more positive and being more mindful and staying in the present, I thought, well, 
why not write about it? I'd been reading a lot of um, other websites and blogs online um, about other people's experiences and, you know, reading what other people have gone through or um, their tips and tactics for trying to be more positive really helped me. So I thought, why not share my experiences with other people and maybe that will help somebody else and also, um, you know, provide a resource for people who aren't naturally positive. I mean, for some people, it comes very easy, easily to be focused on what's going well. Um, but for other people, um, people like me, it's it's not sort of a default. And I thought that it would be a great place for people who struggle with staying positive to sort of follow along with what I'm going through and the various experiences I have um, and share my insights. So I started that in 2009 and... Um, I, you know, just kept writing and kept a pretty consistent schedule. And then in 2012, I um, decided that I really wanted to focus on Positively Present full-time. And that's when I left my job and really started focusing on the blog and working on my book, which is called The Positively Present Guide to Life. And since then, I've written a number of e-books as well, um, and so it's really taken off, and it's been a very exciting experience to, you know, be able to do something that I'm passionate about and something that I love and have it be my career as well. Yeah, that that's what everybody hopes for, that they <laughs> find something that they love to do and make a career out of it. And I, I certainly applaud you for that. And in 2009, it seems like you had a fundamental earth-shaking uh, attitude change, that, and, and that is now reflected and your work, and you are working to to share those experiences and uh, tidbits with uh, your readers and other people. And um, so I'm I'm looking at the the third paragraph on the about page of your website. And Danny, I I would be remiss if I did not ask you. Could you give us your URL website address? Oh, it's positivelypresent.com. Okay, easy enough. Um, living a positively present life means staying in the moment while focusing on the positive in every situation, which often can be difficult when facing the pressures and challenges of everyday life, not to mention the particularly tough times of loss, stress, and heartache. And you go on to say that you you help your readers in, in their moments and difficult ones. So let's break some of this down. Uh, do people often send you inquiries and describe a life situation where something is negative, and do they, do they ask you for some advice or insight about how to remain positive in something in a situation that is not so positive. Yes, I get that a lot, um, which is kind of tricky because I'm I'm not a therapist and I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I don't have a degree in anything, so I'm not qualified to give any medical or you know technical advice. But I do try to help help people um, and give my thoughts on what I would do in a certain situation. Um, like, for example, if somebody's, you know, in a difficult relationship or they're, you know, going through heartbreak, I try to um, share my thoughts on how I might deal with the situation because that's obviously the most difficult part of trying to live a positive and present life is encountering situations that aren't, you know, you can't even see the good at all in them. Um, that can be really hard, but I, I do believe that there's something to be, at the very least, learned from a difficult situation. If there's nothing at all that seems positive, um, you know, it, it might sound a little cliche, but it's true that things like heartbreak and loss really do make you stronger and they really do help you, you know, cultivate more gratitude in your life and really appreciate what you have um, when you do lose things. Um, so there is something positive to be gained even from the most difficult situation. Right. Well, you're, you're, you said that, of course, you're not a therapist or you're, you're not a doctor, but you, you provide insights and inspiration and experience and personal insight to help uplift people and motivate people to, uh, to break out of that negative barrier and find a, a positive outcome in every solution, which is great because as, as young people and as people uh, advance throughout their careers, every imaginable life situation approaches us in a way and knocks on that door and we have to to handle and deal thing deal with many negative aspects within our lives and situations and we're and let's so we'll break it down you know if somebody has 
a loss of a job or they lose a close family relative or a friend or somebody is in maybe like a car accident or um, you know a financial loss. And there's there's a multitude of possibilities that could affect us negatively. Somebody is not advancing in their career, and I'm sure that you get many of these situations and anecdotes from people. But uh, what what is some of the advice that you would say, and and how how specifically do you reach out to? Uh, people through your website and your blog and through the inquiries that people send to you, what is some of the advice that you would give? Well, I think, you know, obviously it depends on the situation, but I think there are a couple things that overall can apply to any negative situation. Um, And one, and the most important thing, I think, in general, is trying to be grateful. Um, Because no matter how difficult something is, even if it's the absolute worst thing that could happen, there are other things in your life. I mean, just the very fact of being alive um, is something to be grateful for. And I think when you start focusing on what you're grateful for and what you have, um, it makes whatever you don't have or whatever you're missing um, a lot less important and less of a focus and you tend to not dwell on it as much and that's not to say like if if you're you know experience a loss of for example like a family member that's going to be painful it's going to be hard you're never going to just say oh i'm going to be you know thankful for this other thing and that'll be fine and i won't even miss that person that's certainly not the case um and it's important to also realize when when it comes to positive thinking um i think there's sometimes a bit of a misunderstanding that it's you know, brushing things under the rug and pretending that everything's great and just, you know, pretending to be happy or trying to be happy when you're not. And that's not what it's about. What it what it really comes down to is trying to get something good from it, whether it's, you know, a life lesson or, you know, learning something about yourself or, you know, as I mentioned, cultivating more gratitude in your life. You can take something good from a negative situation, that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that you can't be sad or angry or upset or, or feel any of these you know, negative emotions um, because I think it's very healthy to experience the full range of emotions. Right. Um, positive thinking certainly isn't about just, you know, only being happy or, or um, you know, focusing only on everything being perfect um, because that's not real life. And I think... For me, that's one of a really important thing to to discuss when talking about positivity, because I think a lot of people confuse it with happiness um, and trying to be happy. And trying to be positive is not the same as being happy. And I talk about this a little bit in my book. Um, but being happy is sort of a byproduct of positive thinking and positive living. Um, you're you're trying to look for the best. You're trying to make the most of whatever situation you're in. Um, and that even if it's a very negative situation, and that often leads to a happier attitude or happier relationships. Um, but I think a lot of people strive to be happy or, you know, find happiness all the time. And to me, happiness is, is an emotion, just like anger or sadness, um, something you experience, um, but it's brief. You know, even if you think about the most amazing thing that's ever happened to you or the best day of your life, um, usually, to be honest, you were only really happy probably for a couple of hours or something, maybe for a whole day if you're lucky, but um, it, it's really just an emotion. It's not a full state of being, whereas positivity and a positive attitude is an actual way of life and a mindset that you can have even when things aren't happy and things aren't going well. Um, and, you know, back to your question about, you know, what advice I would have for somebody going through a difficult time, one of the most important things that somebody can do is be aware of what they're thinking. And now that might sound obvious because it's your thoughts and you should know what they are, but a lot of time if you really stop and pay attention to what's going on in your mind, it it tends to sort of run away with you sometimes, especially if you're feeling really bad about something. You you start to feel bad about one thing and then you're like, well, all these other things are going wrong and you know, this is going to cause this to happen, and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You might have a good idea, but um, you really don't know for sure. And I think dwelling on possible negative results or um, how something is going to negatively affect you is actually worse than what ends up happening. Um, I think the anticipation of pain or heartbreak or loss is almost worse than the actual thing. 
Um, so it, it's really important to, to sort of take a step back and, and think about what you're thinking um, and, and try your best to redirect your thoughts if they are going in a negative way in a more positive direction. I agree. There's, I think in every bad situation, uh, there's light at every tunnel. Uh, and being a young person, I mean, you're, we, we discussed last week that uh, we're obviously young people. I'm, I'm 29, and you're in your very, very early 30s. Uh, it's not polite to give a lady's exact age. So. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, but, uh, but uh, there's a lot of issues that, as young people, that we have to, to tackle. And I have to tell you, um, and, and you may or may not agree, but in your, early, in your, in your 20s, I think it's, it's a rough time. You're trying to figure out who you are as a person, and you, you, know, you go to college or grad school, and you're really just trying to figure out where, what is your position in life? What, are, what am I supposed to be doing with myself, and where is the next 40, 50 years uh, of my life going to be? And uh, it's, it's not easy. So do you have a lot of young people uh, who come to you and say, Danny, um, you know, I'm, I'm struggling here because I have all these life issues happening at once, Everything seems to be falling on my shoulders with it, maybe a job, um, bills, college loans, all of this life realities that are uh, approaching and knocking on the door. So what do you say to that? Do, you, is, do a lot of young people reach out to you and ask you uh, how, to, how to live life in a more positive way? Yeah, I, I think they definitely do, and I think you bring up a great point about your 20s being really difficult. Um, they were really difficult for me, and I think that's why I sort of got to the point where I got to a low point where I was like, I have to do something. Like, this is not not go, like things are not going the way that I want them to go, um, and I either have to you know make a change or I'm going to be continue to be unhappy. Um, and I think a lot of people in their 20s are in that same boat, and I think. Some of it is a result of um, of having the freedom to do, you know, you could do almost anything. So what do you do? Um, you know, there's so many options um, and there's so much uncertainty at that point. And, and when you're younger, there's uncertainty, you know, when you're a child or even a teenager. But, you, you know, you feel like you're you're going to be settled by the time you're an adult. <laughs> um, so you, when you're young, you're like, oh, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but that's the future. Well, when you're in your 20s, it's like, oh, wait, I should know what I'm doing or I should, you know, and, and you also see, you know, online um, so many of these, you know, 30 under 30, you know, people who are, you know, starting their own businesses and being uber successful and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing with my life or, you know, I'm still in grad school and I'm still trying to figure it out and, and it does become, you know, a struggle. But I think that's where um, the whole concept of, of staying present really comes in because I think a lot of um, anxiety and stress that comes with being in your 20s and sort of people have these quarter-life crises, um, it, it comes from worrying about um, – you know, what could happen, and also, you know, thinking you haven't done what you should have or you shouldn't be, you're not where you thought you would be, or instead of just really trying to enjoy whatever moment you're in um, and trying to, to realize that, you know, things will work out, um, you know, and that's not to say do nothing and everything will just happen, but, you know, you will figure out what you're going to do. You, you know, things will get sorted in a way that you don't always anticipate and especially in your early 20s it seems kind of chaotic and unknown but I mean everybody eventually you know it might not happen right away it might not happen you know until a little bit later in life but eventually right. everyone sort of figures out what they're they're doing and um and and you can always change it that's the other thing to think about is that you know I think it's very different than it was sort of back in the day where I feel like people picked a career and you just sort of went on this track and you just kept getting promoted and you sort of stayed at one job. I mean, people don't do that anymore. People change jobs all the time or they start their own businesses or they, you know, have a side job. They might not love their main job, but they have a side job that they're really passionate about. And there's so many different ways that you can do things, which can sometimes be overwhelming, but, um, it's also really exciting that there are a lot of different opportunities um, and there's opportunities for change and growth and you don't have to, you know, commit to one thing, you know, when you're 25 and say, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life and I'm stuck, um, you know, and I, I do get inquiries from uh, older people as well, you know, who, you know, are in their 50s and, and 60s and want to change something about their lives, even if it's just changing their attitude and, 
And the great thing about, you know, our lives is that we can do that. And now it's not easy, um, especially if you're older and in a settled situation. It's it's not always easy to change, but it's always possible to change. And I think that's something to keep in mind when people are are sort of freaking out in their 20s, um, that you don't have to, you know, know everything and you don't have to, you know, be so worried about the future because when you do that, you're you're really missing out on the present. And I, you know, that's something I would have probably told myself if I could go back is that, you know, sort of just chill out a little bit and and try to enjoy um, some of the freedom that comes with being in your 20s because mm-hmm. you won't always have that and um, it, you know things will work out. <laughs> Might not seem like it at the time, but they will. The 20s are oh, rough. If I think that. <laughs> They are. They really are because you're you're in co- most 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 of my friends are we we have uh, separate life paths. But uh, you're in college, then you graduate, then you have to go out and find a job, and you may not like that job, and then you find another one, and then you find another one, or you want to do something else, and the moment hits you, and you're experiencing all those growing pains of being. You know, twenty when I was twenty five and I'm twenty nine now, and I'll, I'll be thirty in November, and I'm I'm a little I'm a little worried because it's it's a benchmark year. It's you're, you're thinking thirty, and then you you sit down and think, what have I what have I accomplished? You know, I I see you see your friends, and and social media is such a farce sometimes because everything on social media you think, well, all my other friends they have it all together. They're they're uh, big time jobs. They're they're doing X, Y, and Z with their lives, and I haven't quite gotten there. Or my so my one friend, you know, he's he started a business and he's extraordinarily successful, and he's he's financially uh, savvy and smart with with and will be successful for the rest of his life. And you, all these things come into play, especially with the proliferation of social media. And social media really started to boom when I was. Gosh, it was a senior in college, and I, we didn't get Facebook until 2005, and I think I was a freshman in college at the time. And you see pictures of families, and everything is so perfect on Facebook. Everybody puts their very best on Facebook, but that's not all the re- that's not always the reality, is it, Danny? No, it's not, and and I do think that that can be an issue. Um, the whole, I mean, comparing yourself in general to other people is not a healthy thing to do because you really don't know what's going on. I mean, if you think about, you know, I can think about sometimes I've posted things on social media, um, like a happy picture, and then I think back on that situation, I'm like, eh, I didn't really have that great of a time. Um, you know, it's like you post the best things about yourself. Everybody does it. Um, but you know that, you know, everything you post isn't a reflection, like, of everything that's going on in your life. And even if everything, you know, everything's lined up, you know, all your, you know, you have a great relationship, a great job, you know, you're making great money, all these things. I mean, you could still be unhappy. Um, so you don't know what other people are going through. Um, it's hard when you see, you know, I've gone through the same thing. You see everybody on Facebook or Twitter, you know, posting things that look like everything in their life is great and they're thinking, well, my life isn't perfect or, you know, I don't feel like that's settled and everything. But um, you don't you don't know where other people stand, you know, even just internally, even if everything, you know, externally looks great. Um, and it, it just doesn't help. Um, it, you know, again, it takes away from the present. I mean, you're comparing your current, you know, reality to somebody's, you know, photo that you're projecting what you see onto it. I mean, you don't know what was going on in the photo or how the person was feeling or what else is going on. I mean, you really have no idea. So it's hard not to do that, but it definitely takes away from being positive and staying present. So I highly recommend trying to at least be aware of it. Um, right. You know, and when you see something that, you know, it, it's normal human behavior to, to feel envious, you know, when you see somebody that's super successful or has, you know, this dream relationship that you wish you had or something. I mean, that's totally normal to feel that way, but I think the important thing is to recognize you're feeling that way and, and realize, um, first of all, you, you don't know what's going to happen to you in the future. I mean, you know, tomorrow could be the best day of your life and could change everything. I mean, you really just don't know. And also, you don't know what's going on with other people. I mean, not to not to say you just should assume that in their happy picture they're secretly miserable. I mean, that's certainly not the case. I mean, plenty of people are really, you know, happy and 
and doing well, and and you want that for your friends. But um, it's important to note that you you really don't always know, and you shouldn't make assumptions about what's happening in your life or what's happening in other people's lives. Right, and you you see pictures, and we we have Facebook, we have Twitter, Instagram, and the social media outlets that we go to. And it's true, we we see the very best in people, but sometimes on the flip side, <laughs> we see the very worst in people on social media. How many times have you read your stream? Uh, or I have a diverse uh, network on on my social media, and you see things that people post, and you're like, I don't want to I don't want to unfriend this person because I don't want to be rude, then they'll know that I unfriended them. But there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of background and just gray noise that you see and people and sometimes people overshare on social media Mm -hmm. and and it's and it's somewhat frustrating as well and uh but no you're right being in your 20s and growing up and and finding uh everybody has a different story everybody has i've learned this everybody has a different narrative and everybody's pathway to uh their success is very very different and if i see somebody who has you know, going on, you know, vacations or doing this and that. And I start to think, well, how's this person doing this? I, I want to do that or I want to do – but I have to remember, I have to be content with my choices because they are mine. And and I I remember uh, – I don't know if you're – if you watch Mad Men on AMC. Um, it's uh, one of my favorite TV shows. And Don Draper being the uh, the main character in the show – he he said, if you don't like what is being said, change the conversation. And at the time, I didn't quite understand what that meant, but it's true. If we don't like what's being said, we can always change the conversation. We're not stuck in the – we can always change our present reality to something that is much different. Right, and I think that's a really great point to to bring up is that, you know, sometimes you have to think about – like you brought up the example of the vacation. I've had that same thing. You know, I'll see a friend that's gone on this fabulous vacation. I'm like, oh, that looks amazing. And I'm like, I want to do that. But then I realize, you know, I've made a lot of financial sacrifices so that I can do what I want for a living. Um, And, you know, I'd much rather be, you know, not making exactly what I want to be making and, you know, pursuing my dream and going after what matters to me than going on a vacation. Now, that's not to say that, you know, somebody's going on vacation and, you know, you can have both. Um, but you also have to, you know, you're making choices in your life. If you want what other people have, then you have to make that a focus um, and not just, you know, you have to think about what you're doing in your life. Um, you know, another example would be, let's say you're you're in an unhealthy relationship and you're fighting all the time and you're unhappy, but, you know, you don't want to leave um, because you're not sure what's going to happen. You know, it's hard sometimes. Um, and then you see, you know, a friend on, on Facebook that has, you know, perfect family, perfect husband, and you're like, oh, you know, she's so lucky. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you're not going to meet somebody that's your perfect, you know, husband and, you know, perfect family situation if you keep staying in a bad situation yourself. Um, and, of course, that's that's easier said than done, but you have to think about, you know, what are your your choices and, you know, do you like them and, you know, are you sacrificing certain things for other things? Um, you know, you you sometimes have to think about it like that and realize that, you know, you're in control of your life. Um, it can be easy to sort of feel like you're not. Um, at times, especially if you've been in situations for a really long time, like if you've been at a job for years and right. years and years, it's like, well, I'm not going to leave. You know, I've got a good thing going here, but I'm miserable every day. <laughs> you know, it's I've like, okay, that. well, yeah, then it's like, well, fine, be miserable. <laughs> you know, but you've got to kind of accept that unless you're willing to take action. Well, I think people, um, I think people are afraid of the unknown, and mm-hmm. it's true. And we, it's human nature that what we don't know and what we can't see before our eyes, and we can't always predict the future, and that scares us, especially in our early 20s. But I have, I have learned that I've taken... I've taken many risks. Some were calculated, and unfortunately, some were not. And there's always unforeseen consequences to the decisions that we make. But nonetheless, I've uh, overall many of the decisions that I have made at the time, I didn't know where it was going to lead me. But at the outcome or at the conclusion of uh, that situation or decision, uh, I, I have found that every decision that I've made somehow has taught me a, a life lesson. And I see these, I see life benchmarks. And, you know, approaching 30 to me is one of those life benchmarks. And you reflect back on what I have accomplished. And we may not have always, we may not have accomplished as everything that we want to, but there's many things that 
um, I have to be grateful for. You know, I have a wonderful family, a great core group of friends that if I ever need anything, I have people who love and care about me. I'm involved in activities that I genuinely enjoy doing, and I have a healthy balance of, uh, of life and work. And uh, that, to me, is to be proud. I mean, there's, there's been many unhappy moments in my life, as I'm sure there are in, in everyone's life. But you have to – you find the little moments that count. And I have to tell you, Dan, I don't know what it's like for you, but some of the life's best moments aren't, aren't exactly in, in these – you know, at, at the times of what people think that they are, like at the Christmas or the holidays, graduate. It's, it's these day-by-day personal cha- challenges that we overcome. I mean, if, if something – there's been many moments in my life where I've overcome a per- personal adversity or these little challenges, and you're just strolling about your day, and you're thinking, wow, ten, five years ago, I couldn't have been able to do that, and, you, and that kind of racks up in your brain. Okay, I've, I've able to accomplish something that I never thought that I could, but it's, it's those little moments that count, and I don't know what it's like for you, but to me, it's not always the big, the big uh, lifetime moments that we see, but everyday events that say, okay, you're fine. You're on the right pace. Yeah, I think that's that's really important to think about the little things and and how also the other point that you brought up about, you know, reflecting on what you've accomplished. I think, yeah, you know, especially like we were talking about with the social media, um, sometimes it, you end up thinking, oh, well, what haven't I accomplished? You know, I'm not a billionaire, you know, yet or something. And it's like, mm. well, what have you done? You know, what have you overcome? Um, you know, like you're saying, what what did you do today that you wouldn't have been able to do, um, you know, five years ago or something? Um, I think it's it's important to think about that and sort of, you know, reflect on what you've done and what you what you have in your life. And I I bring up gratitude a lot, but I, it really is so important. And I feel like it's so difficult to be unhappy or stressed or pretty much any negative emotion if you're focusing on what you have to be grateful for and, and recognizing that there are people out there that don't, that, you know, would kill to have your life, um, even on your worst days. I mean, that, you know, you, you really have to put it in perspective. And once you do that, it becomes very difficult to, you know, focus on your little worries and your stress. Um, it makes you realize like how lucky you really are. That is a great point, Danny. There's many people that, I'm I'm very blessed in my life to to have what I have and you have to remember that there there are people out there who are much less fortunate than we are and I I try to remember that every single day and it's not only that that my faith binds me but moreover it's that uh, I I am I'm I genuinely believe in the human race that we are fundamentally good people at heart and I and that's why I try to get involved with Helping and, and volunteering with nonprofits and different organizations, and uh, like for instance, I love animals, and uh, I try to volunteer when I can. And lately, I haven't had the time, but I love doing work with the Humane Society. Um, I have a passion for helping people overcome mental illness because that that seems to be a a major issue in the in the forefront of our national conversation now. And I sit on a board at uh, the Brook Lane. Foundation, which is a uh, a mental uh, a mental health institute, and in, up in Washington County, Maryland, but it, of course it stretches down to to Frederick, and it, and it helps people overcome challenges, and that to me, volunteering in helping people, and of course doing this show, uh, giving giving people an alternative outlet to listen to issues and uh, issues that I'm passionate about and can talk about and have a conversation about to affect public policy or change the conversation about uh local localized issues um that is what that's what I like to do and it and it makes me happy it and it brings me back onto a positive sphere and as we just discussed thinking about people who aren't as happy and and don't have as much I try to give back as much as I can to help people to achieve uh, similar happiness that I've had to create for myself yeah, that's great. I think it's a really important thing to give back, and that's another way to to help cultivate gratitude is when you're, you know, spending time with people who are less fortunate than you, um, especially, you know, volunteering your time, not just, you know, donating, um, you know, goods or money, but actually interacting with people. It definitely helps to create more feelings of gratitude and be more appreciative for what you have. 
um, which makes it so much easier to stay positive and stay in the moment when you are being grateful. Well, I try to bring uh, happiness to other people, and that's what I, I really care about doing is is I always think about can I change one person's attitude in one day? And it might just be a smile or walking down to and, and saying hello to somebody that you normally would not, uh, holding the door for someone, uh, just doing something, a little event every day that will, will bring somebody else happiness in their lives. And I try to do that. And, uh, and it, it's, it's not always possible every day, but I, I try to, to give happiness to other people and, and, and bring positivity to other people's lives as much as I can. And sometimes it's hard if we're stuck in you know, a funk, as so they would say. Um, but I, I guess part of my giving back is I like to bring happiness to other people. And, and I know, Danny, it, you definitely do as well, especially through your website. Yeah, I think it's really important to, you know, you can do a lot with, with your own attitude and your actions and your words, um, just interacting with people. You know, you don't have to start a blog or, or a podcast or anything. I mean, I know the average person probably can't or doesn't want to do that. Um, <laughs> but just on a daily basis, um, you know, interacting with people. I mean, everybody from, you know, when you're paying for something at Starbucks to, you know, your family members, to your friends, to, you know, you, every time you're interacting with somebody, you're making a choice to make it a positive or a negative interaction. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people are very rushed and in a hurry and busy, and we often don't take the time to try to make even the smallest interactions positive. I mean, it might sound a little cheesy, but the simplest thing, like a smile Mm -hmm. at a stranger or, you know, um, complimenting somebody on something. I mean, there's so many times where I see somebody and I'm like, oh, I like that. And you, know, you don't say anything because you think, oh, well, would that be weird? Um, but, you know, doing nice things like that and going out of your way can make a huge difference in somebody's day, and it's such a small thing. That's um, right. Yeah. Small. Those small things matter. And I, I remember even the smallest gestures of of people who have sent me notes or email encouragements or just a text message, uh, you know, I like to tell my, my family, I, you know, hey, I love you. Thanks thanks for all that you do for me. And it's not just on those special moments or birthdays, like Mother's Day is coming up, and, of course, I'll spend the day with my mom. But uh, I, 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 it's not all about the warm and fuzzies, but I, I like to tell people if I see something that I really like that someone has done, I'll say, and most of the time it's in the you receive that information. For me, it's on social media. You know, a lot of the times people will list their accomplishments, and even though sometimes we we have a natural inclination to feel like we discussed envy, but it's not bad. And I try to turn that into, wow, this person has truly accomplished something great. Maybe they, many people, especially in May, they're graduating from college or grad school, or they're 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 going on to uh, do things over the summer that they otherwise may not have done given the great weather. And uh, this is. These are these are things that I I like to tell people. Good job, you, you know that, that. And when people tell me that, I don't know about you, but I, it certainly means if somebody comes up to me and says, "Well, I, I really like the way that you did this," or "You had a great show last night," that will stick with me forever. I mean, it really does. It, it touches me in a way that I it, it just it means a lot when people go out of their way to do something nice, regardless of how big or small it is. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you have to think about how you feel when somebody else gives you a compliment or, you know, says you did a great job on something and it feels so good and it's such a small thing. Um, but I think, you know, we could all, you know, say it more, especially to people that you tend to take for granted, like family members or sure. friends or people that you see all the time. Um, or even if you have, you know, great coworkers, you might see them every day and, you think, oh, like they, of course they do a good job. That's what they do. Well, you, you know, they might like to hear that or they might like to to know that somebody appreciates their hard work or if somebody goes out of their way for you, you know, really making a big show of it and telling people, you know, how amazing that person is um, can make such a difference in somebody else's day. Absolutely. And I'm I'm looking at your, your website now, Danny, and it said in 2012, uh, you left your full-time job in marketing, and you you're, you do this full-time. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so you blog, and I you recently you wrote a book, and could you tell us a little bit about your book? Yeah, my book is called The Positively Present Guide to Life, and it's basically taking a lot of the concepts on the blog, but then taking them 
into a deeper level. Um, it focuses on five areas of life, um, being positive and present at home, at work, um, in love, in relationships, and during times of change. And we talked a little bit about, you know, how people uh, tend to be afraid of change and struggle with that. So that's one of the most important sections, I think, about the book um, is, you know, providing insight and advice for how to stay positive and present, you know, when you're initiating change, when you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and then it also goes into the other aspects that I mentioned as well. Um, and it has exercises that are practical things that people can do. Um, one thing I really like to try to do is make my content very accessible because I, I feel like sometimes some of the personal development and self-help stuff can be a little bit abstract, um, even, you know, the concept, like, stay present. Well, it's like, well, how? Mm, <laughs> um, you know, it, everybody knows what it means, but to actually do it um, can be difficult. And so what I tried to do in my book, and I do this a little bit on the website as well, is is provide actionable things that people can do right now um, and simple things that, that um, will help them bring them into the moment or try to see the positive in a situation or, you know, little things they can do in their relationship to try to improve um, and make it more positive. So um, that's one of the great features about the book. And also another feature um, is that it has inspiring illustrations, which I um, did myself. I recently um, got into graphic design and learned how to illustrate um, on the computer. So it was really exciting when my publisher came to me and said, well, would you want to put some illustrations in the book? I thought, well, yes, of course, I'd love to. Mm -hmm. So that's another factor that um, I think in particular makes it unique because while the content is, you know, substantial and meaningful, there's also a little bit of a lightheartedness that comes with the illustrations and makes it, you know, very memorable and stuff that will stick with you. That's right. And could you tell us the pro – run through the process of what it's like to – author and write a book. Many people don't do that and their lives. Very very few people actually do that. And uh, could you tell us, could you run us through some of the detailed processes of how you began and uh, how you how the how you wrote it and uh, the publishing and the final product? Because I, I can imagine the day that you, you received the first published copy of your book, it must have been exhilarating. Yes, it was definitely one of the best days of my life. Also, Seeing it in the bookstore was even more exciting. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was a great feeling. Um, and I was really fortunate because I had a publisher that contacted me um, based on what they had seen on my blog. Um, so it started off that we were going to write about something else, and then they decided that they didn't really want to go in that direction, but then they thought, would you like to write about something based on your blog? And I was very excited about that possibility. So then we came up with the, the five areas of life that we wanted to focus on. And then I got to writing, and it, it was a lot of, you know, back and forth with the figuring out the layout and the content exactly. Um, so it was a, a much longer process than I, I realized. I think that was one of the big takeaways for me is how long it takes. You know, you see a book on the sh shelf, and you think, oh, well, the person just wrote this. Um, it's like, no, they probably started writing it, like, two years ago. Um, so... It was very exciting, and I loved the publisher, and it was a really great experience for me, especially, um, you know, I had self-published a book previously and did everything myself, um, which was a good experience, too, but I really liked working with a publisher, um, and, you know, obviously the aspect of seeing it in the bookstore, it sounds like a small thing, but as a writer, it, it's a big thing, especially since bookstores are slowly going away. Um, and who knows how long they'll be around, um, the act of actually getting to see it in the bookstore. Um, and I actually have a book signing coming up this Saturday, um, uh, May 9th. It's um, at the Rockville Barnes & Noble um, oh, from 12 to 3. And then I have a couple other ones that will be on my website. I think there's, there's one in Arlington and Towson coming up um, in the next couple of months. Uh, the Rockville Barnes & Noble, is that in uh, Rockville Town Center? Um, no, it is in, um, I believe it's called Montrose Crossing, and it's on Rockville Pike. Okay, okay. I've never been to that one. I, I go to the one in uh, in Rio. That's the, the Barnes & Noble I usually shop at. Oh, and okay, that's the Gaithersburg one. That's right, that's right. And, mm -hmm. you, and you're actually from, is it North Bethesda? Yes, 
Okay, yeah. and we 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 met. I, I should tell you. I should tell the audience and the people listening to the podcast as when we post it that you and I first met at a, a Rotary event last week, and I was a guest at the Potomac Bethesda Rotary, and and you were the speaker, and so um, you. You talked about uh, social media uh, last Thursday evening, and uh, it was it was great to to talk to someone like yourself and uh, have a conversation. And I should say that the, that Rotary Club was very welcoming, and uh, they they certainly seemed to enjoy your presentation. Yeah, it was great to speak to them. And, and you talk you about also social media. You also speak to other groups and organizations, and can you talk a little bit about that? About where you where you go and some of the invites that you receive. Yeah, I've primarily done a lot of um, local Rotary clubs um, and schools. I'm I'm very open to speaking. Um, I have so many different topics in my book that I cover, which is exciting. So really, different groups and and just positivity in general can can really um, work well in a lot of different organizations. Um, particularly, I think people don't think of it as much, but in business, um, you know, we we focus a lot on on motivating people and, you know, creating successful teams. But I think one of the most important aspects is, uh, of that is having positive attitude and cultivating that within a team um, and trying to, you know, find the good in, in whatever situations you're encountering because at work you can have a lot of uh, difficulties. And, and one of the chapters in my book um, focuses on work and how to deal with difficult colleagues, and that's something I've um, – spoken about before because I think it's really it can be a challenge when you have people and and it's not just colleagues it can even be you know family members or friends but people that tend to be negative um, and you still have to work with them and you know you can't change other people Um, so you kind of have to find ways to be positive around them and that's that's a great point Danny that's a great point you can't change anybody else but you can affect you can change yourself you can affect their mood and by just tweaking uh, the just your attitude, just slight a slight tick to uh, t- to a more positive direction, you can certainly influence others by being happy and positive and uh, and influencing others in that way. And that's that's such a great point. And I, I want to talk to you. Um, you said you speak in schools, and we had spoke offline about some of the the social pressures that are happening and. Uh, our, our our schools amongst our starting in middle school and high school and even down to elementary school and it's really it's concerning to me um, because we have a new generation that is all on social media and I see yourself as a a young successful uh, important person in the conversation and social media since you utilize the tools quite frequently and your your personal and professional life and I see that. Social media has become uh, somewhat of a problem for middle school and high school students because they put it all out there, and some of the things that they put are somewhat inappropriate, or that they they say things that they're going to regret later in life or down or down the road, and it often leads to to, to some sort of confrontation with somebody else. And they use social media to say what they often would not say in person. Have you experienced that when speaking in schools, or have you uh, heard from individuals and maybe parents or teachers that uh, they're concerned about the way that social media is playing out in, in in our generation? Yeah, I think that you know people focus on a lot of times the negative aspects of social media, of which I do think there are many, I think, you know, for anybody, you know, whether you're a teenager or an adult, I think it's really important to think about what you're putting out there and realizing that, you know, it can be permanent. You know, you, you might delete something, but if somebody has taken a picture of it or something, I mean, it can be out there forever. So it's important to be um, conscious of what you're saying and how you're saying it. And I think, you know, trying to put out a positive attitude and positive things into the world um, is much better than, you know, venting. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of people on social media just saying, like, I'm having a bad day or, you know, it's not to say that you can't complain about your day, but it, the more you talk about something in that way, like if you tell yourself I'm having a bad day or you post on social media, I'm angry about this, all it does is reinforce those emotions and um, make you, you know, your day worse, you make you feel angrier. Um so it's much healthier, I think, to you know if you're going to vent about something or 
or you know do that just to a good friend you know not on online um but i do think that there are some positive aspects of social media um for both adults and for younger people as well i mean connecting with people and staying in touch with people that you don't get to see often is a wonderful thing especially with you know features like facetime and skype where you can actually see people um i think that's an important thing and i think a lot of younger people use that um, which is great because you get the expressions and the, you know, it's obviously not the same as being in person, but I think when you're dealing with things like text messages and things that are just in writing and emails, the tone can get lost or misconstrued, and that um, can be end up in a negative situation. Um, so when it comes to that kind of thing, it's important not to just be reactive. I think if you, you know, get a text or, or an email and it seems really negative, I think, that's when you can pick up the phone and call somebody or ask to meet them in person, you know, if it's at work, you know, stop by their office. Um, Because, you know, sometimes you miss something or you take something a certain way and you have to, you know, think about the fact that people aren't always saying things the same way that you perceive them. Right. Um, And being aware of that and clarifying things and not being afraid to say, you know, is that what you meant? Or, or, you know, what it sounds like you're saying is – and I think communication, you know, I talk about that a lot in my book as well in terms of relationships and with coworkers and um, in love. I think communication is so important. Um, it, it can be hard to do and it can be hard to do well. Um, but if you have the right, you know, tactics and, and ideas and, and really try to come at things with a positive attitude, um, it can really transform your relationships and the way you interact with people. Oh, I agree totally, and I I am concerned about one aspect of social media that uh, many teenagers have experiencing, and what I've heard from a lot of parents is they're concerned about the bullying aspect. I've seen a lot of it. I, I have uh, even even in even as adults, you see on your social media, especially through Facebook, that uh, people use uh, Facebook or social media sometimes in a malicious way, and that concerns me. Uh, especially growing up uh, and seeing young kids being prone to lash out or, like you said, be reactionary in their thoughts and feelings and their words on social media, and that could have serious consequences. And I know that schools are always uh, trying to figure out exactly how to combat this, these problems. But um, And I see yourself, someone like yourself as a role model to especially young women, and what, what advice would you give them uh, in, in their, say, a teenager or somebody who's entering high school now and how to, uh, how to um, conduct themselves properly using social media? Well, I think that, you know, not engaging in negativity um, is really important. And, and also, you know, this is an important aspect for everyone is to think about the people you're surrounding yourself with. Like, are they negative influences? Are they making you, you know, say negative things or act in a negative way? Are they, you know, or are they making you feel bad about yourself? I mean, sometimes bullying isn't as overt as, you know, pushing a kid into a locker. I mean, sometimes it's, you know, particularly with young women, you know, girls whose friends, you know, will put them down in little ways and over time make them feel worse and worse so that they can feel better about themselves. Um, You know, and you also have to try to have, um, it can be difficult, but empathy for the people who are doing the bullying. Um, you know, people are bullies because they are hurting, um, because somebody probably has bullied them. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times it's parents that have, you know, treated the children badly and then the children lash out at other children at school, um, you know, or they've had something traumatic happen to them, um, and try to be empathetic and, and really not engage, um, with it, you know, and, and limit your interactions with, negative people and negative situations as much as possible. It's it's not always easy, but there are so many times where you have a choice. You know, I could leave or I could walk away or, you know, I could do something else um, rather than, you know, putting things on Facebook that aren't positive. So I think being aware of your actions and choosing to, you know, distance yourself from negativity can really help. And that, that works for adults too, you know, at work mm-hmm. and, you know, even with, you know, family members, sometimes you have to create some distance if you if you don't have people that are, you know, positive and encouraging influences. Absolutely. And I want to ask you uh, a question specific to social media. You, you gave a, a, a talk last week at the Rotary Club, and you spoke briefly about how social media is trending and where it's going to be in the future. So 
you, you said last week something that struck me, uh, that Facebook may be going out of style. It's not going to totally go away, but it could be going out of style. And moving forward, um, Instagram has picked up a lot of steam, and so has uh, platforms like Snapchat. Where do you see social media now going into the next five years? Well, I mean, I'm I'm certainly not an expert on social media, so I don't know exactly. I definitely see a decline of interest in Facebook. Um, I think, you know, part of it is it's not as bite-sized as something like Instagram or even Twitter. Um, you know, a lot of times with Facebook, it's directing you somewhere else well. Um, but the thing with Snapchat and Instagram, you're not being directed other places. Um, like you can't, you could post a URL on Instagram, but it doesn't link to it. Um, so, I mean, you can have the one URL that's in your profile, but other than that, you're not, you're really spending, you know, putting the content right there in front of people and making it really easy for them to scroll. Um, and Snapchat, I think, has the appeal of it only lasts for a certain amount of time. You can set how long you want um, your picture to be available. Um, so the sort of immediacy of that, I think, appeals to people. People, it, it seems, are, are very visual, um, and they like that. And I, you know, that's one of the reasons why I was really excited to include illustrated images in my book because I think people that really sticks with people. Um, and so I see that, you know, anything that's really quick, easy to digest, and, and probably visuals where the social media is going to go. And, you know, it's hard to tell because, I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, ten years ago, we would we never heard of Instagram, or we didn't know what That's it right. was. So there's always, you know, new. You know, even you know, five years ago, or you know, a couple of years ago, Snapchat wasn't around. Um, so it's you know, these things come up, and and you don't know. I mean, there's so many people developing apps and different social media uh, avenues, and some of them are hugely successful, and there's you know, many many of them that just don't catch on. Um, I think part of it's you know, luck. Um, because there, I'm sure there are other, you know, uh, resources and platforms that are great, um, but they just don't catch on. And if you don't have all of the people using them, then they're not effective. Um, so I think part of it's going to be luck, and, and, you know, we'll see what happens. It's, it's kind of exciting, though. Right. Do people still – Do people con- people are consuming news uh, much differently. And like you, I, I'm, I'm a vociferous reader uh, not only, but – uh, hard copy books, um, digital digital style books, and uh, but I do I read a lot of blogs that interest me, especially on about social media, uh, about uh, marketing and and uh, search engine optimization. As I try to continue to hone my own skills in that field, do you think blogs will continue to be uh, in as part of the conversation? You know, in the next five to ten years. I don't know. I think that they, you know, there's definitely been a lot of talk about them going away. Um, and um, particularly, as I mentioned, because they're not as instantaneous, um, a lot of them, you know, like somebody like me, my style, I mean, it's paragraphs of written word. People right. don't, a lot of people don't have time for that. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I try to break mine down and make it, you know, have bullet points or numbered lists so that people who want to just go through quickly and get some inspiration can. Um, but I do feel like maybe the the way that blogs are um, being, you know, distributed and the platforms that are being used is going to change, but I think there's always going to be a need for, you know, articles, books. It's the content that I think will remain, whether we still have, you know, people using as many, you know, hardcover books or, or reading news articles in the same way, in the same format. I don't know. I think that will probably change, but I think that the need for for the actual content and for stories and for news is always going to be there. It, it, you know, how it's delivered might change, but we're still going to be always in search of things that have meaning and that deliver information in a in a really tangible and concise way. Yeah, people consume news and, and fast paced, and they want it broken down into subpoints and I think microblogging like Tumblr is something that is of interest that you can you can put something out there uh in in a less traditional format and people will read it and pick it up and consume it quickly. I think that's the point. We want to consume So this is 
again, the interview with Danny DePiro, and there was just a slight bit more, but we were almost finished, and as we're almost out of time for another episode of A Minor Detail, uh, you are listening to Change Montgomery County. My name is Ryan Minor. I'm the host of A Minor Detail. Please stay tuned for another episode next Wednesday at 9 o'clock p.m., so thank you. God bless you, and have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend.